Hi, this is Megan Sheffield, Director of Brand Partnerships for Zappos, and this is One-on-One with ABC Partners. Let's take a second and define the meaning of the word bananas. Yeah, I know, it's a yellow fruit you need to take care of, not to slip on. But that's not the definition I'm thinking of right now. I'm thinking of the bananas that means crazy, wacky, and totally bonkers. And so, with that definition in mind, you know what's truly bananas? Well, Truly Bananas is pitching an extensive partnership with the Savannah Bananas, a sports property that didn't even do sponsorship, to a brand you don't even work for. That's exactly what Megan Sheffield, now Director of Brand Partnerships for Zappos, did. And the result is Zappos' incredible partnership with the social media darling Savannah Bananas and their world tour. Now, if you're not familiar with either Zappos or the Bananas, my conversation with Megan will get you up to speed. It's hard to imagine a better fit between two organizations. And Megan was the first to see it. We talk about that moment of aha when she first encountered the world's most irreverent sports team, what the bananas understand about the future of sports and entertainment, and what lessons teams and leagues can learn from their incredible partnership. So settle in, listen up, and let's go bananas. And Zappos. Megan, your role at Zappos, you know, is kind of a homecoming for you in the sense that, you know, one of your first roles was handling sports partnerships for Microsoft. So I'm wondering if it feels like, does it feel like coming full circle and with all that you've done between now and then? Yeah, the best way I like to describe it is it feels like sliding into your favorite pair of jeans. (laughs) Um, You know, sports was my start. I actually started my career as an intern for a WNBA team in Portland, Oregon. And my career's kind of had little ebbs and flows in the sports space. And every time I get back into this spot, I just, I feel, to your point, I feel like I'm home. It's just where I'm supposed to be, what I'm passionate about, and I'm so happy. Were you, a, were you on the marketing side as an intern for the WNBA back in the day? I sat on the biz dev side. Okay. So I was literally schlepping like, Franz t-shirts and they're like Franz bread t-shirts on the front and a tiny little Portland Fire logo on the back into the 300 level doing all of the partnership activations with the team. You got your you got your stairs in. Your your cardio must oh have been God. unbelievable. Yeah, Rose Quarter, absolutely. Those cement floors, they were great on my feet. But it's kind of great to get that activation side of brand partnerships under your belt in the early going so that when you do make the transition to working on behalf, so you went right to Microsoft and started working there. So you do have a sense of what works, what doesn't work, what to expect, what not to expect, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my start in sports, that's really where I fell in love because there's such a unique relationship between a fan and a team. Right. It's a very um, it's a very special, very almost intimate relationship that these brands and the fans have. And so what I found super interesting was how a brand could come in to that really tight knit community and make a very 
organic offering, yeah. you know, um, and what worked and what didn't work, I, I think is what I, what really struck me and got me excited uh, about working on the team side and then flipping it over to your point on, on uh, the brand side, I knew right away, right. You would get, we would get on the daily new sponsorship pitches and I could very easily eyeball nah, that's <laughs> going to work or don't try and give me that level 300 concourse signage. Don't want <laughs> the smell test. We're yep. very yep. clear. And, and I think it's kind of, you pick up such a fascinating point when it comes to these kinds of partnerships too. You talked about the intimate relationship. We get so hung up on metrics related to eyeballs, particularly with this type of marketing. And yeah, of course that's important, right? You want to know reach and you want to know those kinds of things that go along right. with it. But it's the depth of that relationship that makes this particular genre of marketing so unique. And for, I'm wondering like, and this is a little bit off the beaten path for, for a question, but I'm wondering for Microsoft and later on, because you went on to Amazon after that metrics driven companies, mm -hmm. how easy or difficult is it to translate that you know, this is a, this is an emotional, intimate connection, not just a numbers game. Was that a difficult bridge to cross for them? Or was that something that they were able to get fairly straightforward? Not so much at Microsoft because it was all on the Xbox side of the business. And there was a very easy correlation from traditional sports to esports at the yeah. time. And there still is now, obviously. So I think that was very, um, there was a nice stepping stone to go from like, you know, we're going to go sponsor NCAA basketball. We did a deal with the Huskies, for example, right. and we're setting up camp. Um, those kids that camp out and wait in line for the best seats in the arena, we would do game tournaments and come with kiosks and everybody was playing, you know, NBA titles, the 2K title that yep. um, EA had for a while. So that felt very sim symbiotic. It, yeah. it, super easy and, and Microsoft did we had the AVP at the time which was also um, a really fun one uh, Misty May was one of our sponsored athletes so that wasn't a big step to go from kind of the gaming world and sports world that felt really pretty cohesive mm -hmm. there were metrics that were driven of course we had agencies in the background doing all of the data and analysis for us but it, yeah because it was such an easy step it, it wasn't that hard to, to make it fit in okay and so you you spend time at Microsoft yeah. managing the Xbox business and integrating that into partners. And then you transition to Amazon. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> these are two tiny, tiny little companies. In case, in case anybody's listening has never heard of them, they're both technology companies and e-commerce and things like that. Um, that just happen to have a combined market cap of about two and a half trillion with a T dollars. Can you give me a sense of what it's like to work it to such like, iconic companies like what surprised you what made you roll your eyes I mean, what what's what what's that like being on the xbox side of the microsoft business mm. we were even more so on an island mm -hmm. um, it the time at the time i was there it was really a scrappy competitive mm -hmm. i mean we were constantly going head to head with what playstation was releasing and yeah. I uh, spent time on the sponsorship side, but then I transitioned over to the, the ads business on Xbox Live. Okay, yeah. And the innovation that was coming out of that place at that time, mm -hmm. you would get on a call with a brand who would say, you know, if you guys can do X, Y, and Z on the platform, we'll pay this much more money in, dollar, in advertising dollars. 
I would walk next door to the developers and say, okay, you're, the avatar needs to wear a pair of Adidas shoes and he needs to be snacking on Reese's Pieces. And they would be like, click, click, click. Okay, uh, yeah, give us four weeks. And they would do it. So this is incredibly entrepreneurial part inside the company. Like you don't necessarily think of Microsoft like that. No, it was so scrappy and yeah. super, super fast because we were on that cusp of like that personalization side yeah. of the gaming platform was just starting to explode. Like the fact that you could, avatars were really big. And so we had a ton of advertisers who were super interested in that and trying to create a persona for yourself in that ecosystem was really an exciting time to be there. So, but the same was true at Amazon. I mean, it was incredibly scrappy. My first role over there on the partnership side was still in the, in the gaming part, but a, a startup, right? So yep. it was, it felt super quick, really, really scrappy. So it was a same kind of thing. Like I felt every day there was either new technology or a new offering coming out and you could see the team pivot quite quickly. So then what, what was really interesting is when I moved back into kind of the sports space at Amazon after being in a few different areas of the business, what was nice is that I could kind of take that scrappiness with me, right? Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. really ingrained in a lot of my thinking. And so when I joined the retail sports team, they asked me to build a, the first time, you know, kind of sponsorship strategy, right? And so I was able to kind of bring that along with me, that experience, pushing for innovation, making sure that we weren't, you know, investing in elements like signage and, you know, elements that just aren't clickable and aren't driving anywhere digitally to really make sure that the, the partnerships that we were in felt very digitally first and really pushed the envelope on innovation. It sounds so much like everything that you had been doing to that point, right up into like we were talking about earlier, the internship with the WNBA really started to give you the foundation to be yeah. able to get to that point. It's like, okay, let's create this. You have the entrepreneurial background with two different companies. You've got a sense of, you know, what it's like and what's not going to work and what's kind of a throw in and what's kind of something right. that's really going to move the business. So it really kind of felt like it congealed. It's a terrible word for this particular moment, but we're going to run with it right now yeah. um, to, to bring it all together for you. And so then you take that learning and you move to Zappos. Now, I don't know, you know, most people I think know that Zappos is a part of Amazon, but it's pretty distinct. I mean, I actually had an opportunity to visit the headquarters. Can you share a little bit about what that's like? Because yeah. Zappos occupies a kind of an interesting place in American corporate culture. What, what's that like on a day-to-day -day level? Very different. Did you wear a tie to the office? God, no, because I didn't want anybody to cut it off of me. Lesson learned. Don't do that for those. Five stars, uh, Dave Almy. Yeah. Five stars. <laughs> cut that tie. We will cut it off. When yeah. you walk to the front desk, you probably saw the framed wall of ties. Um, yeah, it, it's such a joy to be here. Honestly, mm. it's like a breath of fresh air. I love my experience at Microsoft. Love the experience at Amazon. But there's something about a super culture centric organization mm -hmm. you know there, there are companies who say this is our culture yeah yeah zappos writes it and lives it and breathes it and sleeps it's a really incredibly joyful place to be and what honestly. what makes it that way i mean joyful that's such a like extreme word yeah when you're talking about corporate culture Right. Yeah. You know, Corbin's like, you know, oh, jeans on Fridays. I mean, ooh, that's joy. But I mean, when you say joy, 
talk about that for a moment. When you think about walking around the halls or dealing with the people, what brings that joy that you think other companies can look for? And I know this is a sports business podcast, and we're going to get into the sports business part of it, but this is such an interesting thing for me about how Zappos manifests itself. Well, I think it really, the culture itself has really um, driven my decision of what we're investing in from the sports perspective too. So I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, we've built a culture on obsession of the customer, which Mm -hmm. I know a lot of companies say that. Um, I think the record is like seven hours, the longest customer service call. We've ordered pizza for customers. I got an opportunity to kind of sit and listen to the customer service experience. And it is like, two friends chatting it's there's just something very organic and community and family based yeah and not affected yeah yeah it's just um and and the people have been there forever i mean i've only been there 16 months i think the longest tenure there's a guy on the marketing team who's been there 18 years right Mm. people live and breathe closer so it's not just something that's not like a, a talking piece there's literally people who've spent and grown up here right yeah um so I think, you know, what's interesting is one that interesting change about going from Amazon to Zappos, Amazon is all business, right? right Not that yeah. it's, it's got a great culture and yeah. um, great opportunities for mentorship and um, great people. You know, that for me in the corporate world, is hard to find. And so I'm thrilled to be here. It's, it's honestly, a it has to inform how you pursue partnerships. And I think sometimes this is a forgotten piece of it. It goes back to the earlier part of the conversation. We're talking about metrics and eyeballs and all those kinds of things. If you are going to do partnerships with team sports leagues and things like that, culture has to be a part of it, particularly when culture is so tied to brand. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm assuming that as you started to look at how partnerships, partnerships work for Zappos, that has to be consider, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it goes back to our earlier point of this very, you know, special, unique relationship that a fan has with a platform, a team. Um, And how do we show up and share in that loyalty? Yeah. I think was was really our foundation of it. The other one that we like to kind of mess around with as we're thinking about if or if we won't invest in a sponsorship, uh, I like to, to always ask the question, if Zappos were a running event, we would be beta breakers, easy. And that one is we've been involved in for years. So I, I, I like to ask myself that question when I'm thinking about the platform or the team that we're investing in and then the elements that we're investing in, yeah. right? Are we interrupting the experience or are we enhancing the experience? Okay. And I, that goes back to really that foundation of, of the Zappos culture. That's such a great phrase and I'm hundred percent going to steal that in the future. Yeah. So I will copyright that and give you all the residuals for you will absolutely make you retire from the number of times Thank I can say you. it. It's such a, it's it interrupt adding, not interrupting. I think that's a great, great way to put it. Um, which leads, I mean, you bring up beta breakers and you know, for people who are not familiar with beta breakers, it's a, crazy race in San Francisco where people dress up in costumes and they do like centipedes with everybody like connected and stuff like that. So it's, I think to say it's like as irreverent a running race as you can possibly think of. So again, kind of goes to that human element of the Zappos culture, which then of course has to get us to the Savannah bananas. 
which I guess if there's a beta breakers baseball team, I guess it's going to be the Savannah bananas. How did they first, how did it first get on the radar? How did it first become something that people at Zappos said, Hey, we need to think about this. Yeah. I actually saw them and there was like a CBS Sunday morning segment on Mm -hmm. them that I saw actually even before I started, I think I was in late like negotiations for this role. Mm-hmm. And I sat and watched the segment on this team and immediately was like jealous because mm-hmm. when I see something fantastic like that, mm-hmm. I feel like, damn it, I want to be involved in this. Yeah. You saw it. You wanted to be part of that. <laughs> yeah. Did you um, recognize it as something for the, for Zappos at that point, even interviewing? Immediately. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because they were taking a very traditional experience and kind of flipping it on its head. Yeah. <laughs> They were taking a very, you know, traditional game and adding moments of joy, moments of entertainment, um, making people kind of take a, have a double take, right? Like, um, Zappos is very, uh, part of our culture is, is focused on weirdness as well, right? You can't get any more weird than this. So I sat and watched the segment, re like rewound the DVR, sat and watched it again with my kids and knew right away. Oh, Um, so you saw their reaction. Yes, I saw that was really the big piece for me, too, because, you know, my kids are, are all athletes as well, but I cannot get them to sit still at a baseball game. So I, I thought that was a really interesting test. Um, my three boys sat and watched it and, you know, the guy on stilts and the backflips and all of the craziness and shenanigans that they're doing, they enjoyed. And so I thought there's something here. I immediately texted the CMO. I didn't even have the job yet. <laughs> What? Oh, you! I am possibly representing a brand that might want to be involved. I'd yeah, love to see that. That's how hungry I was. Well, they don't have sponsorship either. Either. So, uh, I went to the website, and when do you ever go to a professional sports team and not see sponsors all over their site? Which made me want it even more. So right? this it's is like just absolutely amping you up. The oh more you learn, I'm like losing sleep over this. I, 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 I was. <laughs> ADHD and my brain was so laser focused on bananas. Um, no, honestly, it was, I, I had to stock them. I, I sent a note to, I, I didn't find anything on sponsorship, of course, because they had totally cut all sponsors from their program, which again, really excited me and thought if, if there's a partner to do this with them the right way, it's got to be Zappos, right? right? Because of those foundational pieces of our infrastructure, our business model. And so I, Sent a note. I found like a little like email marketing email on one of the random pages and sent a note and they got back to me and said, Hey, I think this would be a good fit. If you have some ideas, you want to pitch us. We'd love uh, to hear them. Yeah. And so, I mean, that got me amped even more. Right. And now I get to pitch a team, which is not at all how this business works. So ended up getting in front of them and immediately it was a culture fit off the bat. Did their absence of sponsors indicate intention on their part? Did they like hit a sponsor reset button and said, look, we're going to put that aside while we build this and we can't have our partners who are legacy involved with that, participating in that, driving that? Is that kind of what the, what the feeling you got connecting with them was or was it something else? Well, I think the, their business model, and you should have some of these guys on the podcast, by the way, um, right. hearing them talk are 
they're incredible to listen to. Fortunately, I know someone now who can put me in contact with them. Yeah, you sure can. I'll put you in contact. <laughs> you know, I think for them, um, they it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about interrupting that fan experience. Yeah. They are so laser focused on entertainment first. Yep. Yep. And I think I've, I've heard Jared, the president, say this. He was standing at Grayson Stadium in Savannah looking out over the outfield, and it was just littered with logos. Yeah. And I think that was their real, like, moment of, like, we need to restart. This and is not think what we about, want. Right. We need to think about what our fans want first. And so they went a number of years without any sponsors and, mm. until, until I talked them into it. <laughs> until you stalked them into being a partner. Yep. For a brand you didn't even work for yet. <laughs> when I want something, I, I get a little too focused on it. You have to ask my husband. I Unfortunately, I... I a little yeah. laser focused? Okay. Absolutely. Well, so this is also a little bit new for Zappos too, because you've done some sports sponsorships yeah, in the have. past. I, I know I, I had an opportunity to work with the WCC when they were the basketball tournament sponsor. Mm -hmm. um, they did some local deals like the hometown deals with some of the Las Vegas franchises, but this is, this is a different animal. I mean, this is broader and more brandy. I'm going to think I'm making up words now you know, for the company in such a way that I don't, I think this was probably new for them. Can you, can you talk a little bit about how the decision was made internally and how people came to understand that this was something important to do, particularly with someone who's been with the company, being pitched by the company who's been there 27 minutes? Well, I think what's special about this is uh, oftentimes we run into roadblocks with team sponsorships due to their existing merch, yeah. apparel, right. footwear deals, right? The fanatics type stuff. Fanatics, I, we're already associated with Adidas or whatever. We sell those and mm -hmm. I can do something with that. But for me, what was really open season with the bananas is that I could bring any brand to the table right. and that shared kind of weirdness really took it to the next level. So, you know, uh, we were able to bring Brooks to the table. They're the official outfitter of the Nana bananas dance squad. Cause of course, if you have a dance squad at the bananas, you're a bunch of super fierce and amazing grandmas all decked out in Brooks now. hundred um, percent. Hoka. Um, is one of our streaming partners. We're giving away free shoes every single game. And Crocs is the other one. They're going after a real uh, serious recovery, sports recovery play. And so when they shared some interest with this, I thought, what do we do? We're not going to put Crocs on those guys and have them run the bases. But I thought, let's actually um, instead have them be the official dugout shoe. So after they play, they can slide into a comfy pair of Crocs um, in between in between their play. So it gave us that opportunity to kind of ingest these perfect brand fits throughout that entertainment experience of the game night, essentially. It is such a tried and true statement that everybody talks about, you know, sponsorship versus partnership, mm. right? And, you know, sponsorship being very transactional, partnership being very back and forth. And I think all, everybody in this industry aspires for obvious reasons to the latter, yeah. right? But it's hard, right? Because you know people have revenue goals and they have inventory they need to sell and things like that. This strikes me as the epitome of partnership, where you have a property that is open to tell us what you want to do. Yeah, and it's so true. We'll 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 do everything we can to try to to make that happen for you. Yeah. So, can you talk a little bit about 
in that vein and others about your interactions with the bananas marketing social media teams right now when we first started having conversations like you're i can see your excitement level talking about this investment now on the screen but when you started talking about their social media and what their capabilities are and what they quote unquote get that some others might not um really was coming out effusively in you so i'm wondering what you think other sports properties can learn from the bananas and how they approach that aspect of their operation from what you've seen in your interactions with them i think it, it comes down to that like question of are we doing what's best for the fan base mm. you know we do obviously we have a contract with the bananas there are elements in the contract we have done probably four or five x of what's in the contract because we find opportunities they called me a few weeks ago and said hey we tested a magician who guesses people's shoe size and they get a pair of you know shoes from zappos so they are constantly evolving the game and evolving that entertainment element i think they write something like 10 new bits for the gameplay a night and so because of that there's constantly these like pings that go off my phone or Jared's calling or texting me some ideas. And I'm doing the same, right? We're, we're getting new brands that are interested or we find an opportunity in a campaign or another platform reaches out and we, you know, it's like putting puzzle pieces together. So I think what was super unique and obviously got me excited was the content piece of this, right? They had sure. blown up over COVID on TikTok. Um, they were featured on ESPN. They were in the middle of their docu series on ESPN. So there, I was expecting walking into a meeting with a, you know, huge social media team. And instead it was three or four people sitting around a laptop in their kitchen because they didn't have an office big enough yet because growth was so big and people are like walking back and forth to the refrigerator. And I was blown. I was, and they're young too. They're, they there are these kids that are creating this content. And what blew me away was that companies like Zappos and you know all of these sports entities are paying millions of dollars to agencies to create some sort of social footprint. And these, for all intents and purposes, kids have completely blown them out of the water. And they, are, I think really the focus for them is the entertainment side of it is this what the fans want does this fit within our ecosystem of i think that the organization is actually called fans first entertainment so it sits with that first and it goes back to the why they pulled sponsors um it, it just is a very organic and fun experience i think because of it right was was there a moment when you walked in and go, oh my God, I've pitched a connection with a company that's being run out of a kitchen by 21 year olds? No, I loved it. It, it made perfect. me love it even more, right? Yeah. It was even, I, I would have been bummed to be there or see them on screen with a bunch of ties in a in a conference room, right? It, I, I There was something even sweeter about that. Yeah, more that, organic. You brought up the word, right? They're sort of living, breathing it, and they're sort of, I think, thinking about going back to fan-centric. They're the fans. They know what they want to see. They want to see ridiculous and preposterous and yep. what's, what would be a great reel on Instagram and thinking about all those aspects of the game that 
I don't know, maybe it's authenticity too, right? When you have a bunch of people sitting around a table with ties on and on the agency side and they're, they're whiteboarding stuff and things like that versus, Hey, get around the table, grab a hot dog out of the refrigerator. That's gross. Grab a hot dog out of the refrigerator. And you know, let's, let's bang some ideas across the table. It it just speaks like a level of authenticity to the whole. And I, I think that was the, what was the best part for me was that I never felt like a client. I never mm-hmm. felt they were pitching me. Every time we get on the phone with them is a brainstorm session, whether we want it to be or not, right? Like they'll come in and be like, okay, we just saw this. We want their whole bit. I don't know if you've seen their content from when they were in Vegas. Uh, definitely go check it out. But they recreated the hangover scene after their, they went dark for the weekend that they were in Vegas because what stays happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, of course. And we got to be a part of that, you know, kind of building that content afterwards. But I'm just inspired to be on the phone with them and hear these ideas that are coming out of these genius marketing brains. So I think, you know, for me, it was all that much sweeter, right? Um, And I've I've learned so much from them. And it really has taken my appreciation for sponsorship, actually not sponsorship, partnership to the next level, you know, doing things like we were trying to figure out with the actual logo itself, the banana ball tour, sponsored by Zappos, oh, no, partnered by Zappos, no, no, no. How do we, what's the cut the tie version of a sponsorship message, right? How do we take and ingrain this Zappos culture and bananas culture, and again, fall back on that joint shared love and passion for the sport, so we have loved by Zappos? Of course, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like every meeting is a, is a brainstorm session. Every meeting is like a one-up of who could bring the coolest, weirdest ideas. How in the world does another sports property come to you now with this experience under your belt, right? It's such a high bar from, from what your, what your expectations are now. Yeah, it's tough. I, I will say though, that, um, Proposals I've seen recently, they're starting to evolve, right? I'm, I am seeing some more interest. I, I literally have had people pitch me and like the subject line is we cannot compare to the bananas. <laughs> okay, own it. I appreciate that. Exactly, right? At least own it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we're starting to see, you know, teams will come or other organizations will come and pitch us knowing that, you know, that's the, uh, the high bar. Um, and they're not coming to me with like LED signage and courtside signage and all of that, right? They're coming to me with very content focused opportunities. And a lot of them are coming and saying, instead of pitching me, they're like, tell me what you want to do. Oh my God. Imagine reaching for, right? What are your problems that we can help solve? So those are the kind that's, that's the start of a good partnership, right? I don't want to deck. I don't want to know about your metrics and your yada, yada, yada. Fine. Tell me that later. Let's have a conversation and talk about why us? Why are we the best fit? Right? There are a lot of pitches that I get that I can look at it right away and I know I'm not the right fit. So start with a conversation first. And I think that's where you can start to do away with the sponsorship, the transactional, and you really start to, you know, grow these the partnership side of it. I'm literally pulling that clip and sending it to everybody I know involved in business <laughs> development on the sports side because it's literally I think uh, you can do the people do whole day trainings on that and for the for the 30 second clip you just uh, did. Well, I've just seen such terrible pitches. I've just seen and I, I love I, I appreciate 
to your point, it is, it's a, it's a business and we have to pull in the money and there are quotas to hit. I appreciate that. But the industry as a whole is really slow to innovate, right? Like I would love, I would invest, put it on the market or on the docket here. For those of you who can't see, she literally just pounded the table. <laughs> on the record, I would love to talk to an NBA team, WNBA team, who does away with courtside sponsored signage and instead finds a better use for that real estate, either to engage with the person who's likely on their phone and doing a bit of dual watching, the person at home, um, talk about who you are. Right. Tell us why we should be giving you our eyeballs and our time. I, I think there's just the business needs to be uh, shaken up a bit. I couldn't agree more. And I think this I, I guess is where the bananas are kind of this. Not inflection point, but certainly a moment that has caused people in sports business to go, huh? A little bit. Right. So. Uh I mean, so much of our conversations about sports business and, and, and being in this industry always sort of end up going towards, okay, how do we attract the next generation of fans? Right. And I'm wondering what you think the bananas popularity says about getting people to come to the game, to get people to be engaged with the game for the benefit of the fan but also ultimately for the benefits of the Zappos of the world. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, the one thing that really struck me when I went to my first Bananas game is it's incredibly fast. There is always something happening. Right. So, you know, you're sitting in your seat watching the gameplay and somebody on a microphone is walking down the stairs. You're constantly looking around. There's, you miss out if you're on your phone, quite right. honestly. Right. So you I need to have your attention there. Yes, absolutely. I've been to so many pro games. My kids, you know, they want their devices. You know, everybody does. I saw very little phones out. And if it was out, it was out because they're filming what's happening. They wanted to prove that they were there. They're, you know, grabbing it for an Instagram story or putting it on TikTok like the rest of us. Um, so I, I think there's that piece of it that I think it's going to, we'll see some ripples across the industry. And we, we are, we're seeing some little, some little pieces, but I, I think that's really the crux. Um, how is it fast paced? How is it entertainment focused? And, and how is it enough to keep our attention? I think you make such a great point. And I'm wondering, as you start to think about, if you look in the rearview mirror yeah. and to where you've been and doing partnerships with the Microsofts and the Amazons and, and some of the big companies that you've worked with in the past and what you've learned now with the bananas is there a way that those companies should evolve in the way that they approach partnerships i mean has it evolved and and will it continue to do so do you think i think so i think um there's some incredible things happening uh through social media mm. very content first yeah. um there was some stuff i saw last week that was really kind of behind the scenes player content that drove um a ton of engagement. I, I think, you know, fans are so smart. We're so smart as consumers. We know when we're being sold to. Yeah, yeah. Um, give me something that entertains me. Give me something that gives me access that I wouldn't already have. 
give me behind the scenes footage to my favorite player. I think, you know, that that's where we're going to continue to grow is on the content side. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I, I think we'll start to see it in game as well. Um, I've seen some pretty interesting pitches lately and a lot with innovation and tech, right? A lot with um, pick up your phone, grab these, get XYZ from a brand and a lot of that like value experience back for the consumer. So I, I think I think we will. I think we'll continue to see that evolution. But I think a lot of it is thanks to the bananas, to be honest. They just have totally, you know, flipped the industry upside down. And they, you know, because of it, I, I think we'll see yeah, ripples and hopefully bigger waves. You know, the word joy has come up a couple times yeah. in this conversation. And I feel like it's such a great capstone for what we've been talking about here, right? Because what you're talking about really is creating those moments of joy, Absolutely. right? Something unexpected, something that people want, want to take out their phone, not for distraction purposes, but for the reason of being able to say, oh my God, you're not gonna believe what I saw right? and, and post it. And so getting back to that and getting brands open to sometimes the uncertainty of how to create those moments of joy because it goes back to the idea of authenticity, right? Mm -hmm. This is this is an organic moment that was meant to entertain and look what it did, right? And that's that's really where these things have the power to Absolutely. do the things that the brands want them to do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, how are you enhancing the experience, honestly? Yeah, um, And if, if it can provide a little bit of joy or put a smile on somebody's face, I mean, th that's at least the piece for Zappos, right? Like interjecting that like little bit of weirdness small moments of joy enhancing that experience in some way i, I think is really you can't go wrong with a formula like that weirdness and joy this that's basically what zappos is trying to capture here megan yep. sheffield really appreciate the time and insights into both zappos and its relationship with the savannah bananas but before i let you go okay i'm going to put you into what is becoming the infamous lightning round oh boy yeah okay. these are questions that uh you have no idea uh nope. what, what is about to come um and i want you to give the uh quickest okay. most efficient answer you can in true technology form the most efficient answer you possibly can what pops into your mind are you ready right. megan sheffield for the lightning round yes sir let's do this okay name a baseball stadium food that you love but maybe does not love you back oh dip and dot Dust got a huge boy that came right to you, didn't it? All right, love, that's a lot of the reason why I go to baseball is for dip and dunk. God, it just I love it, dude. I love it. A good dip and dunk. Um, as we both know, you're a huge no doubt fan, so this one is a, a choice for you. Um, you can choose to a reveal how many shows you've been to, or b sing a line from your favorite song. Oh, god, I'm a terrible singer. Um, I have been to I think the count is 15 shows. Well, there's no doubt. You are a no huge fan. But I love that. <laughs> oh, couldn't wait to do that. Uh, <laughs> best Zappos customer service store you've ever heard? Oh, man. Uh, we just had one recently, actually, that was really cool where a girl's prom shoes didn't arrive on time. And Scott, our CEO, personally reached out and gave the girl and her mom a spa day uh, to prep for prom, which I thought was encompasses our brand so that is well. that is so, the most zappo story i've ever heard yeah there are many good ones but that oh. one that one is my most recent favorite okay uh zappo certainly made its mark selling shoes how many pairs of shoes in your closet right now too many 
too many. Um, let's see. Well, we get so many from all these awesome partners. I think there's a box that arrives every week. I'm going to say um, 30. Okay, that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not that too many. Come right? on. I'm a sneakers gal, though. So, right. um, what I are you am... wearing? All right. uh, unexpected, unexpected question. What sneakers are you wearing right now? Uh, Brooks. Levi- a oh, new pair dear. of Brooks Levitate that I'm in love with. Yeah. That means you're part of the Bananas Dance Squad. Uh, yeah. Last one. Favorite food featuring bananas as an ingredient? Oh, man. Um, gosh, this is going to sound late, but just like my banana chocolate coffee protein shake I have every morning. <laughs> Okay, you're absolutely right. That is completely lame. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I really don't like, like I'm a, maybe a banana split or banana bread. No, or... you're, I said the first thing that came to mind oh, and no. you're sticking with banana chocolate shake. Sorry. <laughs> Megan Sorry. Sheffield of Zappos, thanks so much for the time. Thank you. You're such a delight. This is so much fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of the One-on-One Sports Business Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed it, we always appreciate a subscribe, share, comment, or like. And don't forget, you can always find past episodes at abcpartners.com slash podcast. This podcast is written, produced, edited, and hosted by Dave Almey. And theme music was composed by Scott Holmes. <laughs>